Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Dino Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Rachel L. Shade. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, excellent. Excellent. So glad that, you know, I can, anytime I can get somebody from TikTok and get them on here, it always feels really good. Uh, <laughs> it's still a newer app for me, um, especially like making friends and stuff, uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I've had a little bit longer, so I feel especially good anytime I can find somebody on TikTok and, and get them to come on. So makes me feel like I'm actually, you know, using my time wisely as I'm scrolling through things that I probably <laughs> shouldn't be in writing, but yeah. But yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. One of my friends is always like, uh, Dan, I saw the video you posted. You should be writing. I'm like, um, how did you see the video? <laughs> Oops. It does suck me in now, but I have too many book people like yourself on there. And I'm like, oh, repost. Oh, share it to Facebook. Um, so I'm a little addicted to the book news now but I feel like that's okay because yeah. that's what I like so <laughs> right it's like yeah, fine. you find new books to read and you oh, connect with yeah. other authors and I'm like that's always worthwhile right yeah, yeah, yeah. well I saw somebody um the other day and I was like oh my gosh I just love her cover and I, I took a picture of it and I sent it to my buddy he's helping me we're trying to see what we can do with photoshop uh and canva ourselves um and now it's just kind of become a game between the two of us like you know <laughs> find something you really like and he goes you know we're just gonna buy in all these books I'm like yeah but there's Kindle so it's okay so <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. well we'll go with that first question there Rachel what has your writing journey been like up until this point yeah so um honestly I have been writing for as long as I can remember oh wow um when I was a little kid even before I could actually read or write I would, you know, scribble a little book, and put <laughs> yeah, together yeah. this little book. I would take it to my mom and I would tell her the story and make her write it down. So I was putting together books even before I could actually write. Um, so it's kind of been, I don't know, in my blood. It's been what I wanted to do, you know, pretty much my whole life. Um, but it wasn't until, gosh, 2015, 2016, when mm. I started really looking at indie publishing seriously mm. and feeling like, you know what, maybe I'm at a point, you know, where I can actually start publishing. Um, I felt like I had a story that I really loved that I could really polish. Um, and that's kind of when I started going that direction. Um, but I would say really it was 2018. I rebranded my oh. uh, first series, my very first book, got kind of upgraded the covers and everything oh. and started kind of spreading the word more, um, became more active on social media and all of that, um, finished a trilogy. Um, and then in 2020 decided, you know what, I really want to take my writing seriously. Let's, you know, stop treating it like a hobby and writing every once in a while. Let's, let's write every day. You know, even if it's just little, let's, you know, I kind of challenged myself, like, what can I do? Um, surely I can write a book a little <laughs> faster. You know, sometimes I was taking a year or more, you know, mm. life happens, but yeah. I, you know, I was like, this is, this is too slow for me. Like this, if this is my dream, why am I not chasing this? Yeah. You know? Um, and so I drafted a book in four months, which was re a record time for me in 2020 yeah. dove into time. the next book and said, you know what? I want to, this, this series, this next series, which I originally thought was going to be a trilogy became a four book series. Oh, wow. But, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to write this and I'm going to release them, you know, closer together, you know, a few months apart, not really rapid release in the indie community, but rapid release for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I'm going to really be serious about branding myself and reaching out, you know, to the Instagram, like the bookstagram community on there. Um, you know, I was a little bit late to the game on, tick, uh, on TikTok. I think I joined sometime in 2021. Mm. Um, but, you know, all of those decisions, I felt feel like have really kind of launched my career, you know, forward. Um, you know, to the point where I'm like, okay, I can release books every year. You know, I feel like I've, you know, I feel like I'm kind of making it, I guess, like my dreams are coming true and that's a really exciting thing. So yeah, it's, it's just every year it's like, I see new achievements, new goals, new dreams reached, and it's been a really exciting journey. So excited to see what the future brings. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. I have to ask because anytime I get somebody on who has rebranded, um, I'm just curious as to, um, what you did exactly to rebrand, um, did, so was it book covers and then just 
kind of like a, a re-release, like in terms of your social media platforms themselves? Uh, was there anything in particular that, you know, you kind of learned from the first time that, you know, maybe worked better the second time? I was just curious about that experience for you. Yeah. So uh, the funny thing is, you know, the first time I released my book, I pretty much released it into a void. Didn't really, you know, tell a lot of people like friends and family bought it. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I'd sell a few books here and there. Um, and then as I became more active on Instagram, you know, kind of started studying what other indie authors were doing and just educating myself a little bit more, um, saving up a little bit more money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? I can, I can do better. I can do better than this. Um, the first cover was, uh, I don't know, kind of quirky. Um, it was, a like I had an artist paint it, but it wasn't really, yeah, it just didn't fit the genre. didn't really mm. fit what was selling. Um, so I, when I rebranded in 2018 with a new cover, I, I think I announced it on social media, but I, like I said, I didn't have a huge following. So it wasn't really a big deal. I think that's kind of when people started discovering my book for the first time. Mm. Um, I, ironically, I actually recently rebranded that book again. <laughs> I'm redoing a makeover for that whole series again. And so that one was a bit of a bigger deal because I actually had a following. Mm. Um, but I felt like, again, the style, it was their beautiful covers, um, the old covers, but, and they look great in print and great on a shelf, but they were kind of dark and the font was mm -hmm. kind of thin. And so when you're scrolling on Amazon, the thumb, yeah. those thumbnails, it wasn't popping. It wasn't really, you know, it wasn't, it's like, you kind of want to blend in a little bit with your cover you know, by yeah. like looking like the genre and like other books in your genre, but you also want to stand out by, you know, having something kind of unique or eye catching or just really, you know, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so I decided, you know what, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's make the jump and rebrand again. Um, and so I posted about it all over, you know, mostly on Instagram. I still was kind of figuring TikTok out at the time. Mm. Um, I sent out a newsletter and I actually created a graphic in Canva um, showing the old book cover and then the new book cover and saying, you know, this is the date that this is oh, this cool. this book is retiring this book is coming out on this date um, because I really wanted to give readers, you know, kind of warning if, you know, oh, they've been yeah. eyeing the old book cover, you know, well, if you want to, if you want that cover, you know, give them time to buy it. Yeah. I um, didn't want anyone angry because uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing frustrates readers more than having like a series that doesn't match or something like that. Like, you know, for whatever reason, they had the next two books in the series or they wanted the whole complete series and they weren't quick enough, you know, just figured let's give them some warning. Um, so I'm actually getting close to rebranding the second book in the series with a new cover, too, and still going to give warning. Um, didn't feel like I needed to give quite as much warning this time because I kind of told everybody, hey, the whole series is going to be rebranded back in yeah. September. So they kind of had some time to start getting the first one. And but yeah just kind of alerting people, Hey, I'm making this decision. You know, if you love the old cover still, I get it. I love them too. You know, just time to move on to something new, yeah. you know, but grab those old covers if you want them. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I actually have a lot of readers who are like, Oh, I want, I want both. So now I own the old covers. Now I have to yeah. buy your series again. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> like, well, thanks for being such a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my friends is like, he did that. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm like, but like the painting by Felix Ortiz is the same, but he's got all this other cool work around it. I mean, the book you opened up was cool. He actually gave me a first one um, a while back. I was like trying to buy it and they were, you know, it was the pandemic and he's like, I'll just send you one. Like, I'll just send you one. Uh, so I like, sent him shipping and stuff. And then I was like, oh, I really want to buy the next one. <laughs> so then I yeah. backed the Kickstarter for his novella. But I was like, he goes, Dan, it's like the same book almost. I said, no, it's, there's all these little things that you change that are beautiful and different. <laughs> And he was like, but the cover's the same. I said, just don't tell my wife. We're fine, you know? But I just had both <laughs> sitting there, like, and I love the cover that Felix did for him. But yeah, it's funny because you mentioned the the thumbnail. I just have to say, like, I've just noticed so many times where, you know, particularly on Amazon, Kindle, whether or not I'm on my phone or Kindle itself, where, you know, even in black and white, you know, like, it really does make a difference, you know? And I think that yeah. if you can have an artist you know, I think that should be the end goal, right? Particularly if you're indie and, you know, you're 
you know, if your goal is to sell audio, you know, sorry, audiobooks, um, I guess audiobooks too, um, you know, with those thumbnails, but trying to sell anything digitally, right? I think you really need to have it checked in that medium first. I know quite a few people that had yeah. gorgeous covers that did not do that. And then, you know, they don't show up in black and white, you know, on, on Kindle as well. And, you know, and I, I think that that is something that's really smart of you to, you know, to think about and uh, to change. Uh, I've seen quite a few people, you know, where we've interviewed where that's really been the the thing that really helps them, particularly on Kindle, because, right, they're sending people to the site and then they're like, oh, okay, you know, and whether or not it's, you know, wherever it is, right, that covers really helping sell your book or not sell your book. So I think that's really smart to think about. Yeah, I think it's the beauty of being an indie author, too, is, you know, you can do that whenever you yeah. feel like you need to do it. It's, yep. you know, just a decision away. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's important to be flexible like that. Yeah. yeah. And now with Kickstarter, special edition, man, even yeah. if you just want to do the special edition. Yeah. I've seen so many authors doing great, spe gorgeous special editions and just having such great success with those because everyone's, everyone wants those beautiful books. Like, <laughs> oh my God. You, you see in Ben Galley's the, the unwritten, like he's got like these amazing hardcover, black hardcover with like metallic red and blues i mean just just oh, I, I need to look oh that God. up, <laughs> look it up. Like, i was like i want to do my book like that now like i mean just so cool he's got illustrations in them and but i mean you know i'm like that just goes to show you you know that like you know and i like ac cobbles another one um you know who did some really great covers and um, different things uh with the foiling um and like some leaf print and stuff on some of his um, yeah, I just, I think it's amazing what you can do on Kickstarter, you know, and especially if you have a following, it's like Michael J. Sullivan and who I met actually years ago in person was great. Um, and his wife were actually on Wizards, Words and Words and they were talking about, you know, if you have a following Kickstarter is a really good way, you know, to play with the house's money, so to speak. Um, so I think that that's, yeah, it's, it's nice, right? Cause you can just up and decide that as an Yeah, you don't have to worry like, oh, this special edition is going to cost thousands of dollars to produce. Eh, like, yep. okay, cool. My fans want it. They'll make it happen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how many people I know recently because I'm like one of my friends, he um, just did one and I was like, kind of did like his own take, um, like a separate thing, kind of like a, like a portal fantasy, like a Harry Potter sort of thing to get people drawn in, but then wrote his own unique story. So I'm really looking forward to reading that. So I had to buy that, of course. I'm like, it was a cool cover, cool concept. And then you had this Dragon Riders kind of thing going. I'm like, oh, I need yeah. to do that. And I missed the Kickstarter. He has a new cover coming out. I love the old one. So I was like, oh, please take my money. And I was like, I missed it, you know. Um, <laughs> he's like, no, I got you. But it's just funny, you know. He said, he even said, he was like, we were talking privately. He's like, oh, it's nice. I can just decide that, oh, that cover didn't quite work. I'm going to do this cover for the Kickstarter now. And you know, he's like, maybe I yeah. reopen the Kickstarter, you know, or I'll do a fulfillment agency or something like that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, indies, definitely. There are particular books that I want to do indie, and there's other books that I'm thinking about trying to do traditional. Um, but, yeah, some of my, mm -hmm. I don't want people to have my character control for certain books. <laughs> like I just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want it all, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Definitely>. for sure. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to see um, your your other covers because I got to say, I, I that's how I was. I saw you on TikTok. It's the first thing I always notice as an ex-design teacher uh, as I notice people's covers. So I love your covers. So I'd be anxious to see, you know, what book two, um, if you rebrand that one, what that one's going to look like, because they're, they're, I was looking at them. I was like, well, these are so nice. Like, so definitely, <laughs> definitely match the genre and definitely caught my eye. So definitely doing a good job there getting people on TikTok to click on them. So um, we'll go right there with that second one. So you talked a little bit about your genre, but what genre or genres do you currently write in and why? Yeah. Um, so currently both uh, my debut trilogy and my four book series or quartet, if you will, um, they're both YA fantasy. Um, I've always, I mean, it's something I, still enjoy reading to this day. Um, I love in young adult how you get to watch the characters grow so much. You get that coming of age theme. Um, you know, you can, you can kind of have some character, like you kind of have an age range flexibility too, yeah. especially nowadays, you know, sometimes you can get away with having maybe a character that's in their like early twenties instead of like teens, but you know, it's that, that, early, you know, <laughs> figuring everything out kind of stage, which is fun to play with in fantasy too, because 
I mean, you know, if you've got kind of a medieval setting, it makes sense that they're going to be younger. People are dying every year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. okay, they're in the prime of their life. <laughs> Everything, everybody is at war. The parents <laughs> and the older generations dying off in war, but you know, <laughs> so that sort of makes sense, I guess. Sometimes. Pretty true. Yeah. As a history teacher, yeah, it's pretty true. Yeah. Never thought of it that way, but that's very fair. Right. Like 14 um, also, in your life. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I also just, I think I enjoy writing those firsts of like, you know, you first figure out what your purpose is in life. You know, you first fall in love. Um, you first go to war, I guess, because we're done fantasy. Yeah. Um, first you know, so that's exciting for me too. The character growth can be great. You know, they start out point A, you know, and then by the end of the books and you're like wow they've grown so much you know even if they've only aged a year or however you know how, however much time you span over your series yeah. um and also i i'm a former high school teacher um yeah. so you know i i do like the idea of writing books that are accessible you know to teenagers yeah, yeah. and sometimes middle you know middle schoolers depending on you know what they like to read um, so yeah, I've always kind of loved YA for the fact that, um, it, the audience is, is pretty broad. Like I have a lot of adults that read my books, but I also have teenagers that read my books and I enjoy the fact that, you know, people young and old are going to pick up my books. You know, if I wrote adult fantasy, that was, you know, maybe a little bit heavier, um, you know, I would, I just wouldn't have that broad age range for my audience and stuff. And I don't know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy writing for a variety of people. Oh. Um, yeah. And that's what I currently write, I guess <laughs> I was going to say, I, I am thinking about branching out a little bit, but I'm still working in the fantasy mm. zone. So yeah, <laughs> not too about, much. <laughs> are you thinking about branching out of fantasy or out of young adult fantasy? Um, kind of out of young adult, um, that my protagonist in my current, uh, work, my, actually my nano project really, um, is a little bit older. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know. I was going to say the themes are a little bit darker, but maybe not really, because I have all that war in my <laughs> YA books. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's a little bit older. I, I'm thinking it's probably a little bit more new adults, mm, um, which yeah. I know is really the really dominated by indie authors right now. Um, yeah. But primarily it's um, it's a more of a retelling, um, whereas all of my other books were kind of original works. This I decided, you know, I want to take this classic book. I want to retell it as a fantasy. Um, so it's kind of more of a fantasy romance um, exploring that. So. Um, it's still got the darkness that people are used to. <laughs> I always have characters dying or something epic <laughs> happening. So people will still find familiar themes <laughs> and recognize my style. But yeah, maybe it's a little bit older. Um, you know, like maybe older teens would be more interested in it and stuff. So of course adults. So yeah. Cool. I love retellings. I like curse was really cool. I feel like, you know, just oh, I love. Yeah. I just unique stories like hook hook was the first movie I saw in theaters and that retelling of Peter Pan, you know, where he's an adult and then discovers he's Peter Pan. It's like, goes back to Neverland like that. I think that really, you know, like solidified retellings for me. I want to actually, I've been trying to figure out how to do, oh, it. I yeah. to redo one for, Oh, the pipe Piper. Um, I want to make it where he's actually not oh, the yes. villain that the like adults it. were the villain yeah um and he like saved them but then they mm -hmm. just made it seem like he was the villain <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but yeah i just i love i read but like curse came out and i was like oh i really want to do retelling of like a fable or something like yeah retellings are cool especially if you can do them like in a really you know like unique way like that i i think it's yeah it's just a unique story take those good parts that people liked right and then you know take them over but yeah. I yeah. I think that's why people love them so much. Why, I you know, agree. I love them too is because they're, they're familiar. So they're like, there's like that comfort or nostalgia yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. that you get, but then you get that twist and you're like, Oh, what a cool new way to look at the yeah. story. So, um, yeah, I, 
I know fairy tale retellings and fables are like are really popular. And I think I want to try to explore those. I went like a weird route because I, I think I may have seen some, most of the time I see them done as contemporary romance, mm. but I took, I'm doing pride and prejudice and retelling oh, cool. that in like a fantasy kind of Gothic setting. Oh, cool. So it's kind of creepy, kind of, you know, yeah. kind of different, but I mean, um, the zombie one did really well. So right. I mean, and that's yeah. kind of what I thought. I was like, OK, like everybody likes seeing Elizabeth killing yeah, zombies. Yeah. So now let's see what Elizabeth does with ghosts. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I have yeah, had a lot of fun with this one. So oh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I feel like that's always like a really good sign. Like when you're having a good time, other people are going to have a good time. And oh, yeah. That's the best thing, really. <laughs> so I stopped working on one of my projects. I was like, I was not having fun. I was like, I just need a break. And now I'm going back. Oh, oh this is fun again. I'm like, now I'm actually not wasting my time. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because like if you're not enjoying it, like you kind of have to question yourself. Like, is the story bad? Or am I just in a burnout phase? Or you know, is this story not fun? You know, yeah, is there yeah, a reason yeah. I don't want to write it? You know, you really, you really have to, yeah, check yourself there. Cause if you don't want to write it, you're definitely not going to want to read over it and edit it. And if you don't want to do that, no one else will. <laughs> yep. Yep. My friend, he's an author and he's got the, like a sign that he made himself on the way out of his office where it's like, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and then he like wrote something about his writing or like in your writing your current project or something. And he like leaves every day thinking that. So when he's frustrated, he looks in the mirror and, and sees that on his, his mirror going out of his office. So then he thinks to himself, oh, maybe I should take a break and, you know, go do something else. I'm like, that's a really good idea. So that's where I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, this is not working. So <laughs> if I don't want to read it, no one else wants to read it. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. That sounds really cool. Um, I do feel like your your covers too, like, um you know do really I just have to say like really hit the the YA for me um in terms of fantasy I mean like right away I was like oh these are really cool and then when I saw you know that I clicked on your profile saw you know YA fantasy I was like oh that makes total sense so and it's cool because I think you know you'll get a I like the when people say you know like young adult um authors say oh I have the younger and the older well that's cool because then you know, once those younger adults, you know, become older adults, they can just carry over to maybe some of your, you know, other things like your, you know, your Pride and Prejudice retelling. So I think that's a, a great strategy there. So yeah, for sure. Nothing like growing up with an author. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, you're gonna make me nostalgic. R.A. Salvatore, like <laughs> I read so many books and I was at the bookstore waiting. And that was like the thing my mom did when the grades came in is like, she's like, all right, well, let's go get a book. Um, and I remember sitting there, I'd get a couple and I would always wait, you know, like a year and I, he's usually at two out by then. So I get like two and yeah, it's just, it definitely feels better growing up with an author than John Flanagan mm -hmm. was one for me too, but, oh, yeah, yeah. Practice, but now he's got a whole nother series that makes me now I'm now I'm about to have my own child and like the second series, like the, um, the Royal Ranger, I just like. I get really emotional so I'm like <laughs> I know how Will feels at times now but yeah yeah, yeah that's funny um so for that third one there this is the one I'm always most interested in is um what people's uh books are about uh so what are your Silent Kingdom and Cursed Empire series about and how did you come up with these ideas yeah so um Silent Kingdom is the uh, debut uh, trilogy, and actually both series are set in the same world. Um, oh, Silent cool. Kingdom comes first chronologically. Um, that one is about, and I guess really maybe the best way to explain it is to say how I came up with the idea. So I was wondering, <laughs> you know, what would it be like if I had this protagonist who had like this magical, you know, gift that she just realized she had one day um, that allowed her to sort of kind of have like visions or sudden bursts of understanding of like the truth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she, she's just sitting there having dinner for instance, and all of a sudden something clicks and she realizes, Ooh, this is actually what's happening here. This is all wrong. Um, and so <laughs> she ha has like a vision moment where she um, discovers this really kind of deadly secret, like puts her in major danger. 
And um, unfortunately, her gift also causes her to kind of blurt it out uncontrollably. Like, (laughs) my concept, my question was, what would happen, you know, if this girl has this gift of the truth, she can't help, you know, (laughs) blurting it out, sharing it with people. And, you know, how would people deal with that? You know, what kind of different ways would people deal with, you know, a difficult truth or a dangerous truth? So, you know, the first time, Puts, you know, she has to run for her life. <laughs> oh, um, and it just kind of, it, it kind of spun from there. That was kind of the core question. You know, it then grew into a whole series, uh, but it's about this uh, young princess. You know, she has this deadly secret, basically this truth um, that needs that um, one of the royal family members wants to cover up. So she flees for her life, lives in hiding for a while. She's kind of trying to start a new life for herself. Um, and then she starts hearing uh, rumors of like a war and a building rebellion and, you know, some tyranny. And she's kind of she starts to realize, you know, maybe I need to go back and, you know, face my past and face these dangers. Um And then it just, it kind of grows from there. So after the end of book one, I end on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Like we kind of have some resolution for some of the main conflict of book one. Um, And then we go on into like the classic quest um, for book two and book three. So they're all connected. It's like one, one big story. Um, But yeah, my original idea really focused on this one concept. And I originally thought I was going to be able to cram it into a short story, (laughs) realized (laughs) that wasn't happening. It grew into a novel, which then as we see grew into a series. So yeah, the idea was really too big, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then in the final book in that trilogy is where the whole idea for the cursed empire series developed because my protagonist travels you know, on her quest, she travels to another kingdom and there's kind of some internal conflict brewing in that other land um, that she gets involved with a little bit, you know, and then she ultimately is able to leave that situation, you know, take care of her own kingdom. Um, But I realized, you know, I want to explore this more. So um, Cursed Empire series is three years later and basically kind of explores this question of what happens after the villain is defeated. So I have new characters, new main characters, you know, it's in this different, it's different land. You do get to meet the villain of the, you know, one of the villains, you know, in my previous series. Um, and so you start and the villain's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my main characters is her daughter. And mm. so we're exploring how that, ha- you know, how she, handles that um you know her mother was actually very loving to her and so she views the heroes who defeated her mother as the villains and so i kind of explore two sides of this conflict and how maybe the heroes after they defeat the villain might start becoming kind of villainous themselves um and just kind of this whole gray area of how you know no one side is entirely right not everybody on one side is good you know there's bad guys on both sides people who get caught up in their lust for revenge or um you know their greed or their desire for power um and do some cruel things and um just kind of show my main characters kind of trying to navigate that world and trying to see if they can ever have peace, you know, with all of this, these conflicts. And yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of gray areas and some characters that you like root for some characters. My readers are like, I don't know if I like this character, but I kind of understand where they're coming from. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was really interesting to write because the inner conflict and the character growth, like I was talking about before, there's just so much, um, character growth and stuff. Sometimes they go in more of a villainous direction and you're, you're not sure <laughs> what's going to happen. You know, sometimes they kind of keep growing for the better. Um, but yeah, that was, it was really interesting to explore. kind of, kind of explored some heavy topics too, really. Um, there's a lot of prejudice and hate and a lot of myself asking, 
you know, can people overcome these things? You know, can there be redemption in some of these, you know, <laughs> can love really conquer some of these awful situations? You know, can people find peace in, you know, this horrible war and all of this hatred? And yeah, so, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed writing that because I don't know, it's kind of therapeutic to explore that and, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and see, you know, and kind of ask yourself those questions. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you really got me thinking now. Like, yeah, I wonder what the what the villains children think. <laughs> like, that's really right? Thing. It's like you don't really see the hero those as heroes. Yeah, <laughs> when your mom or dad was killed, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember what Jamie Fox was in it. It was like this. Um, I think it was the Kingdom. I think it was the Kingdom, and it was like took place in the Middle East and. And one of the most profound endings that it's kind of like mm -hmm. that, um, like I've ever seen. And um, mm -hmm. this spoiler, it's like 12, I think it's like 13 years old, but um, one of the good guys dies, good guys, I say, mm -hmm. dies and then says something to Jamie Foxx. And then they at the same time had killed um, somebody on the other side. Uh, and then that guy said to his kid the same thing and then they pan into jamie fox's character and then this kid and somebody's asking both of them that question they say what what did he say to you before he died and jamie fox says said to kill them all and then it goes to the kid whose dad died and it says the same thing kill them all and it's interesting right where you see both sides and you just see the conflict just keeps going because the same thing keeps happening so and that's a lot of this that's like you did the same thing in a yeah. fantasy setting, which is like really, really cool. So, yeah, that's that's neat. We have to be thinking about mm -hmm. that. I'm going to write that one down. So, yeah, <laughs> writing. Yeah, it's five. really a really interesting concept to explore. Yeah, yeah. Like, what happens if uh, what's the what's the Hun's name from Mulan? Like, what happens if his son comes or his daughter comes? Right. Oh, I can't. Oh, man, wow, I am blanking. I oh, watched that movie I so love many that times as a too. kid too. Yeah, he's such a great villain. Like, I'm blanking. He is a great villain. Yeah. But what if he had a daughter, What if he had a right? kid back home? Yeah. And then <laughs> what, what if he if, was yeah, a what great if, father? Oh, we just we're about to write Mulan three right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. But that's like that. That'd be really cool. So I think you open up a Pandora's box for me there. That's a, oh this oh is, yeah. This is well, yeah because like the the villain's kid like. Yeah, they, it's like, okay, they can follow in their parents' footsteps or maybe not, like maybe because they grew up in this sheltered, great setting with this great parent. It's like, or maybe they don't, you know, maybe they kind of have like good and bad traits. And yeah, yeah. it's like, what if they, you know, they have the potential to go either way, but if they go in a more heroic direction, they're kind of betraying their parent, you know? So there's just yeah. so much conflict. <laughs> Really cool. so many possibilities yeah i think that's why i like um like batman like damian wayne so much you know like he's raised by morally great characters like raza ghoul like talia ghoul raza ghoul's daughter and you know but then he's given to you know to bruce and then he's got to kind of he's one of the most morally great characters i think i've seen in like the dc universe and yeah and it's it, he's, he's always so interesting um, in his interactions, I think because of that, because he literally was a villain, you know, I guess, I guess, I, I guess she, I don't ever really consider a villain in the comics, but I guess she is. Right. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> what to do as like a writing exercise. I think that's do it. <laughs> what if we could add a child, a villain's child to like, I want to get somebody really cool. Like, yeah, I'm going to think of that. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll let you know on TikTok once I... Yeah, let me know. Yeah, the perfect villain and their child. Yeah. And like oh, Maybe it's cool. the next retelling, you know? It's yeah, like you never the know. It's sequel to a fairy... I mean, fairy tales have some fun villains. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, what if you <laughs> did that as a retelling? Oh, man. Oh, Maleficent's cool. daughter or son. I was thinking about that, yeah. <laughs> what if Maleficent right? had a son and just didn't tell anybody? Oh, my God, that'd be so cool because he would have, like... Uh, if you went with like, I like the movie one with Angelina Jolie because she has such cool powers. Um, he'd be like right? basically like half bay, right? Like, yeah, really cool. which is also like the all the rage. So you can't yeah, go yeah, wrong. Yeah. Oh, Morally yeah, gray cool. fay man. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> really sold. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? Everybody's like, take my money right now. <laughs> you put that on TikTok with a good cover, and that thing is gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, so for the fourth one, what do you think makes your books stand out in your genre? 
Um, so the thing that I repeatedly hear from like my readers, um, cause sometimes as an author, I feel like it's hard, you know, you're just, you, you're always comparing yourself. And I, I know I focus so much cause everyone's always asking like, what are your comp books, you know, or your, or authors, you know, who can you compare to? Um, so sometimes I'm trying to draw parallels, you know, <laughs> and so then you're like, oh, but what makes me different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm asking me that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I like to pay attention to what my readers say, you know, and early readers too, like betas and, you know, arc readers. Um, and they often tell me that they really like, um, you know, like my unique world building. Mm. Um, they just feel like my worlds and like, I guess the culture or tradition or even sometimes maybe my spin on the magic system like they're they find it interesting you know it's like there's only so many different ways I guess you can do magic but you know they're like oh this is kind of cool you know or the culture that you built around this you know feels really unique um you know or they just say you know this is really vivid you know I feel really immersed in the story so I feel like those are kind of the ways that I um stand out I mean, those are, that's the feedback I consistently get is, you know, like, okay, your story is very vivid. I'm very consumed by it. And, oh, this, you know, especially with Cursed Empire, I had people saying, oh, I really like, you know, the world building. I really like the unique culture. So I thought that was cool. (laughs) Always happy to hear that as an author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As somebody that's always trying to build really cool fantasy cultures, I think that is a, a really good compliment. So that'd be, that's one I'm always trying to strive for myself. So, oh, yeah. You make a good point. I, that's why I asked it because my friend and I were talking about this, and he's like, so I asked him. I said, "Well, what?" Th-? He's like, "Well, everybody keeps comparing me to so and so," and I'm like, "Well, do you think you're like so and so?" He goes, "I really don't think so." I'm like, "Well, I'm like what makes you know your book stands out?" He's like, "I don't really know," and I'm like, "Maybe you should think about it." Like, right? Like, like, what ways are you different? What ways are you similar? Yeah. I mean, sometimes depending on the author that you're compared to, like, there's a lot of times I just take it as a compliment because yeah. you know I'm like nothing's completely unique. You know, like yeah, it's just hard. how you tell the story. No idea is brand new, nothing like that. You know, like there was a while there with my Silent Kingdom series, I was really flattered. Like she's not in the young adult zone at all anymore. So I don't feel like this, I would not use this comparison at all. <laughs> uh, but for a while there, when Throne of Glass, I think, was not fully finished oh, and okay. A Court of Thorns and Roses was kind of in the mm. earlier books where it was still considered yeah. a little more YA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, people were comparing me. They're like, oh, Hey, you remind me a little bit of Sarah J. Moss, you know, wow. like, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so flattered. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would now, take that any day of the week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that now because yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, she's like writing a spicy fantasy romance and I'm yeah. writing young adult that doesn't, our brands don't match. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's times when that's the highest form of flattery is to yeah, be compared yeah. to another author, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's super cool. It's so funny that you said that though with the, the third book because I remember when one of my friends on TikTok like did like a reaction for (gasps) and she was like oh oh my like she's like I think I have to stop this (laughs) she like stopped it and I laughed so so hard because I I I didn't know at the time because I think she was the first one that I had seen you'll have a reaction to it so I was like, what, what was that about? She goes, oh, you would not believe what I just read. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. The reaction videos are priceless. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I recently saw, like, I don't remember who, but on, on TikTok, um, there was a, a guy um, yep. who was reading uh, His Akatar wife was having to read it, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. and he got to, like, the second <laughs> book near the end, and he was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> the, the, the reaction was just great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. He was like in the kitchen or something at the table, like kind of freaked out. Yeah, I was laughing. My wife, I showed it to her. She's like, "Have you read that yet?" I was like, "No." Like my friend and I were gonna like book club them, and we just been taking forever for Malazan Book of the Fallen. So I need a break soon. But yeah, that's really cool though, because I do hear a lot of people say, which is why we put it on our list. Um, you know, like with the world building, you know, and culture, and you know, and things like that. And that's one reason why I put it on the list for us, because I'm like, oh, I really want to you know, see what people are talking about. So yeah, I think that's, it's really cool to be compared to, to Sarah. Yeah. There. That's awesome. <laughs> goals, goals, right? <laughs> goals. <laughs> like I right might not down. be, might not be like later, yeah, you know, book current one Sarah J. Moss, yeah, but like, yeah. you know, th- maybe more earlier Throne of Glass, Sarah J. Moss. Yeah, I, can yeah. take, I, I can take that's that. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, it's like you said earlier, like, I mean, I, I teach middle school and that's like, I mean, I, I'm just used to reading. Like, I have this one urban fantasy where it's like, 
if, if parents of kids ask me, they'd be like, oh, should my kid read this? I'm like, maybe like in high school, like, but all my other stuff's like PG-13. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely know that feeling. Usually I try to, right. it's like somebody <laughs> asked me, they're like, can I swear on here? I'm like, you can, I'm not going to. I said, sometimes my kids find me and I don't want them to be like, oh, come to school, be like, yeah. I heard you swear last night. Like, like no, you didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> tough. Social media as a teacher, I, yeah, I've been there, I've been there. Yep. And they, they will find you. They're oh, yeah. at it. <laughs> yep. I was like, I found your TikTok. I go, just keep passing. I go, You're, it's not for you. It's okay. <laughs> uh, for that fifth one there, speaking of world building, how did you go about the world building for your novels? Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of nice going into Cursed Empire because like I said, it's set in the same world as Silent Kingdom. So I kind of had like some of yeah. the basis already down. Um, I actually decided I wanted multiple magic system because mm. systems, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I think. Oh, that's a good idea though, if you have different, <laughs> but it was parts. so fun. It was yeah. so fun. So I basically gave like each culture in this new series, like their own magic system. So in silent kingdom, I mostly just explore, um, like this magic system that revolves around gifts. So like my protagonist that has the truth gift, um, you know, she's got that. Some others have gifts. Um, they're kind of rare, though, in that in that trilogy. There's just, you know, you're, they're not seeing it quite as often. Um, you know, they they travel. They mostly see others with magical gifts. Um, and then I started the Cursed Empire series, and I've got two. I start with just two main cultures, and I've got the. Um, they're called the Alrenians. They have the magical gifts. So that's kind of familiar for readers that have already read Silent Kingdom. Um, you know, so like their magic involves like, okay, I, the truth gift, I can see the truth or I have a vision of the truth. They can share the truth. You know, they can't lie because <laughs> they're gifted <laughs> with the truth. That can sometimes be a weakness, yeah. um, you know, or they have a courage gift where, um, you know, they have this, you know, more courage than the average person in difficult situations, but they can actually share their courage with others as well. So, you know, if they're in a battle or some sort of altercation, you know, they can kind of share that. And so encourage those around them. Mm. Um, then I decided, okay, for this other culture that I have, the culture, um, the four one culture, that's kind of at odds with the Alrenians. I wanted to have a different kind of more unique magic system. Um, so for them, they're kind of very, a very religious people. Mm. Um, and so their magic comes from their God and they can actually kind of hear it around them. Like they, they talk about being able to hear his song. And so it's like they hear it in music and they feel the magic flow through them. And so they kind of have access to almost infinite, infinite powers as long as they can focus and concentrate and kind of hear his song and kind of, Oh, that's cool. let that flow through them. Um, and then um, I later in later books in that series, I went into elemental magic with another culture because who doesn't love water and fire and air, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. the good old <laughs> classics of elemental magic. So um, kind of figuring out the magic systems, you know, that kind of helps you a little bit with building the culture. Um, I usually try to draw from, you know, I'll draw, everybody draws inspiration from somewhere. So like the Alrenians, for instance, I kind of was inspired by Roman culture, kind of that brutality. Um, they're very war and conquest based. Um, they're very proud. Um, you know, their magic or their magical gifts that they have often kind of go hand in hand with that. You know, some of them have a war gift where they're particularly talented, you know, in battle. You know, the courage gift really works well with that as well. Um but then, you know, I, so the, I kind of went with a harsher language, you know, when I'm trying to think of like, okay, what kind of words do they speak? <laughs> um, they're also kind of, you've probably seen the dragons on my covers. Like yeah, yeah. they have the dragons, they're the dragon riders. So they're known for being fierce and powerful and always being on top. Um, and they think they're better than everyone else, basically. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, you know, so it's kind of that culture, but I kind of put it in more of like a Greek inspired setting um and then i have the forwin culture and i decided okay they're very communal and religious you know um they're kind of based on like almost like hawaiian culture but also my childhood obsession with the prince of egypt 
Mm. where they're very, um, I guess, kind of like um, the Israelites in that story where they they want their freedom and they they're trying to rise up from oppression from the Iranian culture. And, you know, they're very, you know, religious and close knit. Um, but they've kind of got Hawaiian inspired names and language. And then they've got this cool, um, like I said, you know, these magical powers. Um, and then I, when I was thinking of like traditions and stuff, I just not really sure exactly where I came up with some of my ideas. Sometimes you just kind of get those random strokes of, Oh, (laughs) this is cool. Like here's some inspiration. Um, you know, I decided that they have like colorful ribbons that they wear either like in their hair or around their necks or cool. around their wrists. And they'll kind of braid them sometimes like bracelets or necklaces and whatever. And each color represents something and they'll like Ooh. gift them to each other and like significant at significant points in their life. Oh, cool. um, you know, so kind of doing that. I, I don't know. A lot of my readers liked that. They're like, Oh, this is really cool. And it was kind of, you know, it, I guess it just emphasizes that they're very like people centered (laughs) um yeah so it's a lot of times it's kind of like taking different cultures and like looking at them and being like okay well this is kind of inspired by this you know but I'm gonna put my own twist on it you know so kind of thinking of something familiar you know and kind of going with that you know like oh the Romans and their brutality that's interesting to write about but like how can I put it in a fantasy setting and kind of make it my own unique thing Yeah, yeah um so yeah, that's probably the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I think sometimes too, I subconsciously draw on that. Like I, the Alranians were honestly, um, so I wrote about them in Silent, my Silent Kingdom series. Um, I actually, when I was a kid, I wrote a lot of different books and I had early ideas of like their culture even back then. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so a lot of that stuff um, has been with me for so long. And it's only recently I've been like, I think it's kind of loosely inspired by like ancient Rome, ancient Greece a little bit, but it's got its own stuff. But I think that was in my brain when I was coming up with this, you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I consciously drew from that so much as later I realized that's a good comparison. That's how I'm going to describe it to people. So they kind of get it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that makes total sense. I do like the bracelet thing, though. That's like something where I'm always on the lookout for things as a history teacher. I'm like, oh, that's like something unique or, you know, or interesting. Um, Oh, there's this like Spotify, like audio book that's free that I've been listening to. I'm totally blanking on the author, but it's called Born to the Blade. And it's cool because there's a lot of things that I picked up from certain Asian cultures um, where I'm like, oh, those are cool things. And then the um, author literally like really worked them in really well, you know, to different cultures um, within the book. And I'm like, oh, I'm like that's such good world building. And I'm like, some of the things I just didn't even think of to do. So something like that, you know, that's like something very small. I think some people think the world building needs to be really big things, you know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of times though, doing those smaller things, you know, that makes your world or the culture more unique, makes more sense. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's like those little like daily moments or, you know, oh, this is what is important to the people that you start to realize like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like it feels more real. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it cool we get to do? We like to literally get to think up just imaginary people and cultures and then make them real to people. Like I still can't get over that. Like, you know, like, like your I, characters are kind of real to people. Like yeah, they, like people they, they get connected. Them. They cry over them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like speaking of R.A. Salvatore growing up with him, like there was one character that I grew up with and there were three that he killed at one point. And I got done with one right during the pandemic. And I like came upstairs and I was just like bawling like a baby. And my wife's like, are you okay? I'm like, no I'm like I'm not okay I'm like a character that I've read for 23 years of my life you know of 35 is just is gone is is literally gone and I'm like I I literally like I could not finish the book like I got to three-fourths and like I think it took me like two and a half weeks and I was like well maybe he'll bring him back did not so and yeah but it's funny right that you know I always tease Mm -hmm. him because people always say that you know they ask that on Goodreads or something on Twitter and I'll always tag him and <laughs> I'll tag him. I'll be like, when he did it and he, he made me cry in this book and this book. And I don't say why. 
and he he knows every time like bob's like <laughs> here's this guy again um but yeah it's it's pretty cool right where you know people get those cool ideas you know and um you know or just really enjoy that thing about your world so it's cool when i think it's really cool when people you know say to you or on reviews right that like oh i really enjoyed your culture or it was really unique i think that's a that's a huge kudos to you and world building there because i think sometimes world building is i think it's like one of the hardest things to really do it's it's easy to yeah. do but it's a hard thing to do well um mm -hmm. for something like that so i think that's really cool I really that'd be a really cool Kickstarter for you too, by the way. Like doing the bracelets, like that's true. It's like you get your own your own like cool. Yeah, yeah. I would do that. I'd be like, yeah. whoop, and a bracelet. You can pick your colors too. What's significant to you? Like this is what the color represents. Choose that'd your colors. Be really? Ooh. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man. Yeah, I would. One of my friends did that. Well, like I was saying, um, he did that for his Dragon Riders. So he like I or I'm sorry, he did it for his Lucas Hale um book so like he they have like these really cool interesting like bracelets with almost like a gemstone on them and instead of like wands they use that as like an essence um i think is how he explained it to me in the summer and uh so he was doing those for people that got to like a higher tier and he did them really well i mean they're leather and i'm like oh that's cool i'm like i can't mm -hmm. do that <laughs> i'm like i need to yeah, yeah so, <laughs> gotta yeah. find someone else with the talent right exactly yeah <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah. like eh, i'm sometimes i can be crafty and artistic <laughs> but mostly it's like the concept and i need someone yeah, else you yeah, know yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be really cool that'd be awesome i'll totally buy that uh so what is one writing tool you currently use uh that you cannot live without and i use the term tool loosely it could be like a strategy or graphic organizer or something like that it could be a book um anything like that uh, so I was just curious if there's something that you're currently using where you're just like, oh, I really like this tool. Um, and, you know, you've used that the last couple of books. Um, and then maybe what's one in the future that you would like to try? Yeah. Um, so maybe I'm kind of old school and basic because I still I just I draft in Word. You know, oh, I that. love Word. Yeah. <laughs> I love the editing feed, you know, I'm like, oh, I so actually my last series, I even formatted in Word. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, I've gotten pretty familiar with that, um, you know, so, you know, it's it's a staple. It's basic for a reason, you know, like why mess with the classics? <laughs> so I do, um, you know, that's one thing I've always I'm like. I'm comfortable here. There's, this is where I go. I've tried Google docs once and I just, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get on board. I was like, eh. and then I know some authors, you know, swear by, you know, fancier, you know, systems and stuff where they're like, Oh, look, I can have all these folders and I can put this here and this here and this here. And I'm like, I just like one document yeah. where I can just scroll up and there's my chapter and, you know, like I can navigate word. I'm like, I don't really need all my world building info right there. Um, to be honest, I'm, kind of a, I'm a pantser. <laughs> Sometimes I plan, <laughs> I guess I'm a planter. I kind of plan out some <laughs> novels. World. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> but I also kind of pants and just kind of brainstorm as I go a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I usually have random notebooks and random notes in my phone that oh, I go yeah, to yeah. and I'm like, okay, yep, this is all I need. I pull that up. Yeah. So I can just pull that up and go from that as I write, like, what was that one character's eye color again? Oh yeah. I've got it over here. <laughs> It's always the uh, eye color. My friend said the other day, goes, always. Goes, I thought it was blue. He goes, now it's brown. I was like, shut up. Like, thanks. So. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, something that I currently use, it's a little bit newer for me, but I found really works well. I was sort of turned off by the idea of trying it out at first. It was that is actually writing on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, you just grab it, you pull up the notes app, but sometimes you're on the go, you know, you can't just open up your laptop. Yeah. Um, I've actually been able to write so much more, like get so many more words out in a day in just those random yep. moments where you're like standing in line somewhere or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, Oh, I've got some inspiration. I'm just going to write it down. And so instead of just being like, yeah, I don't want to try this. This is weird. I just went for it. Um, I actually, my husband and I were actually making this big move across the country. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I want to keep drafting. I want to write every day. <laughs> and so I was like, well, this laptop is kind of a pain. You know, even if I, you know, we set up this charging station here and I've got it in, you know, in my lap on the car, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, this isn't working. And we were moving with a dog who always wanted to be up with me. You know, I'm like, I don't have all the space in my lap right now. So <laughs> phone it is. Um, so yeah, that's something I feel like I've gotten to the point where I can't live without it. Um, yeah. 
you know, I still prefer to draft on a laptop can type a lot faster that way. Um, but it's really handy in a pinch to have your phone, um, or even just to take notes. Um, when I'm drafting a book, I have running notes of go back and fix this later. (laughs) So that way, when it comes time to revise, I've got like a little checklist and it it helps me so much because I always feel like it's a little overwhelming starting that out, you know? So yeah. I've got like my little cheat sheet of, Hey, remember, this is what you needed to address. Um, cause there's a lot of times I'll be drafting a novel. I'll go, Oh, that's not working. Keep going, make a note and move on, you know, yep. otherwise you lose your momentum. And yep. Yeah. That saves me. Um, and then, yeah, as far as in the future, what I want to try um, I, I don't know. Have you heard of, um, I know, I think most people have heard of vellum for formatting. Have you yeah, heard of Atticus? Just, yeah. Somebody just sent me, um, a link for vellum and somebody had just mentioned to me Atticus too. So I haven't checked that one out yet, but yeah. So I think it was last year. I don't, I think they might've actually had a deal when Atticus, Atticus was still kind of, um, more in like it's beta phase, mm. um, to purchase like okay. a lifetime use. And so I was like, you know what, you know, formatting in word has, has worked for me. Um, but it's still kind of time consuming, like to kind of come up with the template, you know, do all of those things myself. Like, how can I save time? I don't have a Mac. Don't want to purchase a Mac just for formatting a book. (laughs) Um, and you know, I know some people talk about using like Mac and cloud and all of this, but Vellum's also expensive. Mac and cloud sounds like it's a pain. (laughs) And also, yeah, I was like, this is a lot. And then I started looking into Atticus and it's like, well, it's newer, but look at this price isn't bad. They're going to keep updating it if I've got lifetime use. So yeah, I purchased it sometime last year um, with the intention of after finishing the Cursed Empire series, which I've done, (laughs) um, (laughs) trying it out for next, my next books. So I'm working on drafting a book right now. um, But as I get further along, I'm going to start trying Atticus and see how formatting goes there. I've heard a lot of the updates recently have been really good with it. Um, so and it sounds like it's really um, like you can really customize your images and your themes. Oh, that's cool. I feel like in Vellum, you couldn't do as much, which is another thing that turned me off. Um, I really like it when I can have like my own headers instead of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, this Not is your always. option. This is what you get. You know, I, I like unique stuff like that. Um, so that turned me on t- to Atticus as well was being able to customize your book a lot more. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think there's like little things here and there. I've seen people add and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, how'd you do that? And they're like, you don't even want to know. <laughs> like, it was like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it gets intense. <laughs> yeah. That, that's like, I was just talking to my co-teacher about this. I'm like, I'm just so tired. I just want to like copy like a clip art image of like a cool sword and just I just want to put it there you know I just I want to put it there I I just want the formatting new word you know to go around it and I want that for class too and I'm like I'm so tired of having to you know use different things that will will not do that so yeah yeah that sounds really cool I just actually looked that up to save that for later <laughs> uh, oh yeah oh, yeah that's a that's a good one I've not I've somebody said it to me literally like the other day they were just talking about you know um looking at it and using it they're like oh you might like this because i was talking about finding a formatting tool uh software and i know some people had suggested vellum but i'm like i just paid 10 grand for a furnace and we have a baby on the way and i'm just like don't really like vellum's <laughs> price right now maybe later oh, yeah. after selling some things but yeah so atticus yeah that's a good idea so glad i my friend suggested i had a friend she suggested adding that as a question i'm like oh that's a good idea and i've gotten a lot of really good Got a lot of really good answers um, from that one. So that's really helpful to check that out. Uh, so for number seven, oh, I really like this one. I keep forgetting about that I started doing this one. Uh, if you could visit one location in your books, where would it be and why? Ooh, this one's always a little tricky because I'm always talking about all the war and violence in my books. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really um, love the vacationing in that country, though. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, that sounds really nice. Bustling, uh, busting villas, you know. <laughs> right. Ooh. So um, I think probably, so in the Cursed Empire series, the first thing that comes to mind, um, there's uh, like an island kingdom called Forwith. And um, one particular island has 
decent has seen decent peace time and seems like kind of a decent is like oh it's an island yeah it doesn't sound too bad so yeah I'd probably probably start there and then probably stay there because I probably wouldn't survive anywhere else (laughs) (laughs) so yeah (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) I always think this is an interesting one for fantasy authors in particular and sci-fi because it's like you spend so much time thinking about the people like what's going on and like I it's just it's always interesting for people to have to pick a location <laughs> and then especially yeah. based off of all the things you did to your characters you know like I know right uh, yeah yeah like okay never mind I don't want to do what they did <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really cool yeah I, I, I saw island kingdom the little island sounds sounds good to me my friend turned me turned the tables on me the other day and asked me and I was like oh gosh I was like I don't even know if I have a little nice little island kingdom <laughs> like I was like there's too much crap going on like natural disasters magic coming in and out oh. monsters, like warlords yeah, you're gonna have to create one just for yeah. you and be I like this is really the secret idea. haven that only yeah. I know about if I ever get thrown into my world <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good idea I could call it haven that's actually a really good idea there you go <laughs> write that down for my writing session later that's really cool be a good little warm up. Uh, yeah. So for that, <laughs> for that last one, do you have any news, updates, promos, or current projects that you are currently working on that you can share with us? Yeah, well, I guess I kind of already did share a little bit about that Pride and Prejudice retelling that I've been That'd working be cool, on. Yeah. Um, definitely. So definitely that. that is what I'm currently <laughs> working on. <laughs> currently, yeah. uh, um, don't have an official release date announced yet, but you know, I'm just saying, hey, it's coming in 2023. I'll tell you more as I get further along in it, but um, I do already have like a cover for it. Super excited. So (laughs) super excited to plan all that out. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So um, it's, I'm planning to do a series of like standalone books in this new world. Um, So it will be a series, but like they won't be connected. Um, Mm -hmm. So each story will be complete. So it can kind of be read in any order too. Um, which for me has been kind of a nice break um, from these big series with these huge stories. (laughs) It's kind of nice to be like, oh, I can have a conflict that I can wrap up in one book. That'll be kind of exciting and new for me. (laughs) And now you (laughs) know where some of the authors. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. That's so that's yeah, awesome. that's kind of my my big news right now, kind of what I've been working on. Um, if anybody too, um, for those who are interested in audiobooks, um, I do have an amazing narrator, uh, Emery Micah, who's working through the Cursed Empire series now. She's got the first two books, Empire of Dragons and Empire of Traitors, done. So those are released and out and available on Audible. Um, and she just recently sent me um the audio files to for me to listen to and approve for empire monsters book three and she's hoping to start book four um and that final one um early next year so she's getting through these really quickly so gonna have a complete series on audiobook here soon so that's that's coming soon i'm super super excited so um yeah that's kind that's kind of my big news really (laughs) that's awesome that's a lot that's awesome isn't it funny where it seems like that's not a lot but really realistically like that's a ton of stuff right there yeah there's so much stuff going on you know and then like I'm figuring out the rebranding of that other you know I'm juggling all these things you know and (laughs) you think oh yeah whatever not that much is going on and you step back and start listing it I sent out a newsletter on Friday and I was like okay I gotta update people and I was like ooh. Okay, here's all the things that are going on. This is why you guys haven't heard from me in a month. Usually I try to send out like bi-monthly newsletters. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry guys, I've been super busy. Here's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good news though, right? Like instead of um certain other people that are maybe taking over a decade to finish a book <laughs> and not updating people. So at least you know, I think that give the people what they want. They want things, right? So you're giving them. Oh yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Uh, so we just want to remind our audience, um, you know, 
don't forget that Rachel's books and her social links can be found in the description anywhere where this video or audio podcast can be found. Um, and we just want to remind people too that if you like Rachel's books um, or her Audible, please make sure that you are reviewing them. That is going to be our big push for season two. Um, oh yeah, they help so much. <laughs> exactly. My, I just had, like I said, I have a friend Christopher G. Brenning on for the third time and he's like, hey, thanks for your help all the time. And I'm like, I am selfish. I loved his first book. He sent me the second one and I cannot wait to read it. And I, I told him, I was like, it's not altruism. It's selfishness. Like I want, <laughs> you want the writing. books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want, I, I need the precious, you know? So I oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. So I, I, one of my friends read his book the other day, the Hellborn King. And I'm like, did you review it? He goes, no. I'm like, so then two days later, I like sent him like a bunch of pictures like this and I uh, yes. to remind him, you know, but yeah, so we just want to make sure for season two, that's our big push um, for everybody listening or watching. Just please make sure you're reviewing, especially for really any author nowadays, because we're all kind of in the same boat, but particularly mm -hmm. in the authors, because we live and die by reviews. So, uh, but Rachel, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on. If there's anything else you have come up, you know, in the future, um, you know, if you get any, you know, anything else uh, done, you want to talk about it or, you know use this as your, you know, release date, things like that. Um, just let me know ahead of time. We'll get you on again and we'll get, you know, your episode editing and cutting out as soon as we can. And if there's anything else I can do in the meantime on TikTok or elsewhere, um, let me know. Like I said, somebody before we started recording, they're like, Hey, can you share this? And I'm actually about to do that tonight on all my social media outlets. So we are here to help. So if there's anything we can do at all, just let me know and we'll be more than happy to help you out in any way we can. So. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Well, I hope you guys have a great rest of the night and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon, not only on email, but in TikTok as well. I love <laughs> the videos you're making. So I try and share them thanks. as much as possible. So, but yeah, you guys have a good rest of the night and I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye.